Uh, well, we've been talking about church for tired people. The idea is this. How do we do church when we're exhausted? We have nothing left for God. It doesn't matter if it's Wednesday night or Sunday morning, uh, if it's tables, if it's service, if it's this church, if it's first whatever. Everyone is exhausted and they're giving a, a tiny bit of themselves to God. How do we do church then? If, if, if all of ourselves are going to all these other things, how do we do this thing? How do we, how do we actually follow Christ? Um, the last month uh, as a pastor has been very interesting. You know, there are things that I've observed and learned pastoring for all these years. But there are some things that you see and you just hope that you're wrong. You hope that it's not what is real. And the one thing that I've been seeing so much right now is that when we are faced with whether or not we're going to literally put our faith in the center of, our, of life, if we're going to let our faith disrupt our lives, we're unwilling to do that. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of pastors lately, and you know, the, the one thing that we're hearing from pastors, um, so many churches have started back, and they're having to work three times as hard as they did before COVID, and they're, and they're only able to service a, a small amount of people, and they're the volunteers are getting exhausted, the staff is getting exhausted, the pastors are getting exhausted, and yet they're just started back, right? And this whole thing just doesn't seem to be sustainable for them. They, they are spent. The word tired seems to be the most common thing that I see. On uh, Monday, kids all went back to school, and on Monday night, the post from all the parents, we all went to bed early, I'm exhausted, I'm so tired, we're all shot, we're spent. Now, if you are a teacher, uh, I think you have right to be exhausted and tired, right? You guys had a lot of work to do, right? But even the parents, you know, you, had, you were free of kids for a few hours, and somehow you are still drained, right? And what's crazy about this, we've talked about this um, in the last two months a few different times, is that even pre-COVID, what the people always talk about, I just can't wait till the weekend, whatever it was, fishing, uh, to watch the Razorbacks lose again, which that's almost here now, amen, hallelujah, I mean... COVID can change a lot of things. I don't think it can change that. Season starts in a month, and you know what to expect, right? There's a fatigue that will not leave us. And the lie right now is that COVID is the reason that we're tired. And truthfully, believe me when I say this, I have not seen an increase in people who are coming for counseling. It's just the same. I've not seen... An increase in marriages that are struggling right now. It's just the same. I haven't seen an increase in these things that you would think. The problem is this. We always had these issues. We were always broken. We were always exhausted. Our faith was always plastic. We were always surviving from one weekend to the next weekend. We were always just coasting. It's what was always happening. COVID has just kind of exposed the truth for us. I'm, I'm very thankful at Grace Church, it's, it's exposed the truth to us to show us a new way forward. There is a fatigue that comes upon us that none of these other things can fix. Man, I was really hoping that our vacation would, would give me the rest that I wanted. But it's not in that vacation. Vacations are great and needed, right? Dates with your spouse if you're mate are needed. You know, uh, self-care is important. Counseling is important, right? Sleep and eating right. And these are all important things. But there's something else that's happening here. As Christians, we believe in a story that tells us that, that there's something fundamentally missing inside of us in this world that only is found in God. But yet, as human beings, we live every single day as if that is not the, the issue. 
something else the problem, right? And we, we've talked about this, you know, for weeks and weeks. Whatever that thing is you want to fill that hole, oh, if we can just get around to this season, to, you know, to hunting season, if we can just get around to this sport, if I can just get to this vacation, oh, now it's skiing season, now everything's going to be better now, whatever it is, right? Whatever that thing is, it never is able to take away the exhaustion. The, the couples who don't have children, they have this dream for children, and children are a blessing. When they get that blessing, it's a great thing, but they're exhausted, and they go, oh, I can't wait till they go to the grandparents. <laughs> And then when those kids graduate, they're exhausted. And then when those kids haven't been home in months and months, and they're still exhausted, it's a different exhaustion. And when the raise comes, and the raise goes, and when the income goes up, it, none of these things ever take care of the issue that leaves us wanting more from life. This is what I've been trying to talk about the last few months. So we talk about a lot of really complex things at Grace Church. But I want to say this, church was never supposed to be complex. Church is actually very simple. Christianity is actually very simple. And part of the way forward for us is getting back to a faith that is very simple. Getting back to a faith that is sustainable. Something that is, is not so complicated, there's not so much to it. But there's a problem for that. The problem that we face is this. Learning something is not what's difficult. Unlearning something is what's difficult. So, an example. Um, if I'm coaching t-ball, if I have a child who's never swung a bat before, teaching them where to put their feet, how to use their weight, where to put their eyes, that's all very simple. But if I have a child who's played video games before they've played baseball before, and they think they're Ken Griffey Jr. or whoever that player is now, because you know I'm old, that's who I'm talking about, and they come out there and they are swinging them for the sky, right, to fix all the things that are going wrong here is 10 times as much work as teaching someone how to just swing a bat, right? The employees I've had that were the best employees are the ones who knew nothing about painting, the ones who didn't even think they knew about painting. They walk in and say, okay, what do I do next? I hand them tape. What do I do with the tape? Great. You're going to do really well with me. Ask questions. The ones who show up and go, hey, yeah, uh, you know, I'm a great painter. I paint all the time. Painting my house. Looks awesome. Those are the guys I'm going to fire very quickly, right? Unlearning is the difficult part, not learning. See, what makes Christianity difficult at Grace Church is not learning Christianity. It's the fact that we already think we know what we're doing. I've talked to so many different pastors and families in the last few months, and the idea of doing any type of church where they don't just show up for 45 minutes and go home is exhausting. I don't have room in my life for people. You want me to sit down with people and talk with them? You want me to eat a meal with people? I don't have room for that. Or you want me to literally think about the Bible? You want me to actually pray? You want me to actually ask someone else to pray with me? Oh, that's, that's too much. I can't do that. The struggle that we're facing is not following Christ. The reason this is so difficult for us is because so many of us already believe we know how to do this. The unlearning is the complex part. It's the exhausting part. But the faith isn't meant to be complex. If you guys have your Bibles, go to John chapter 3, verse 16. And yes, I know we all think we know exactly what it says. I almost brought out uh, this uh, translation of mine. I almost brought it out, but it might be a little bit too much for us. So instead of going there, we're at the Message Bible today. 
Uh, you guys know I'm talking about Eugene Peterson all the time. He's a perfect blend of pastor and theologian. Uh, here's how he puts his passage. So this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need to be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. Now, even this passage, it seems simple, right? But there's so much in this. We can overcomplicate this in so many amazing ways. But the faith is really a very simple thing. The Christian gospel is a very simple thing. We are trying to live into the reality that we are loved and known by a God that we don't know very well. And that to know and love this God is to experience what it is to be whole, to experience life. To interact, to know the Son of God, to, to get to know Jesus, this person, is the source of wholeness in life for us. And even that, these words are just, it's difficult for these realities to sink into us, right? But it's a simple truth. The hope that we're holding out to the world as we watch the news, and there are riots and shootings and all sorts of unrest in our country right now, and everyone thinks they have the solution, whether it's more weapons and more guns or it's more fires and more looting, whatever they think the answer is, as Christians, you have only one answer. If you are truly following Christ, it's this. The answer is the wholeness and life found in encountering the Son of God. This is the simple truth that we are to be carrying right now. It's a simple truth. It's a simple gospel. And so for us, the challenge as we go into this next few months, as we, as we commit the rest of this year to tables and to having these small services on Wednesday nights, it's not going to be all the learning. I'm not going to lay out all these complex things that are going to frustrate us. Truthfully, the faith is a very simple thing. The only complicated part of it is when we're having to unlearn. When I tell someone the gospel is very simple, the gospel is, it's water. And they go, oh, really, that's all it is, right? The gospel is water. The gospel is a very simple picture of what water means to us and to our lives. To go into the water, to drink water, to live by water, to be sustained by water. This picture of water goes through the entire scriptures, right? And it's a simple reality that everything that we live by is to be bathed and rooted and sourced in the flowing spirit of God. This is why water is a symbol. See, we had to have a faith that was simple or else it wouldn't survive. When you go through most of modern history where people could not read, most people were, well, let's just say, unable to grasp complex ideas and concepts. We had to keep it simple. We've got water. And we've got juice. Now, again, I, I don't think this juice is the best picture, but you get the idea. We have water. We have juice. We have bread. We have very simple understandings of these things. As we go into these next few months, I am saying a very simple message to you right now. 
none of those things that you think will give you rest actually will give you rest. Whatever you think it is. If we finally figure out the schedule with the family, if I finally get the right job, if we finally get the, you know, the, the vaccine, that everything goes back to normal, whatever you think it is, if we finally elect the right president, whatever you think will bring you the rest that you want, it will not. Here's my simple message to you. The place that we're going to find relief is in spending time with a few other believers consistently, vulnerably. And there are not many of you who have ever really experienced this. There are some of you that have tried it. There are some of you who even have people in your homes consistently, but have you done it vulnerably and then consistently? It's one thing to do it consistently and then to be vulnerable, and then the consistency tends to stop, right? To meet with believers, do it consistently, and then do it vulnerably, meaning walls down. I want you to do this, and I want you to understand, it will be difficult at first. All of the experiences of stress and exhaustion will not be because this is complex. It will be because you will be having to unlearn what you think it is to be a Christian. If I could start fresh with 10 people who had never heard of Jesus or the scriptures or sin, I'm telling you, it would be simple. You would never hear me preach a complex lesson. I would never go to Greek because I wouldn't need any of it. I wouldn't need to, to go into the scriptures, to exegete and to argue, to, to try to convince you to do it a new way. It's simple. I want you to meet with believers consistently, and I want you to be vulnerable. And this pattern will lead you to a rest that you have not experienced if you keep it. If you continue to meet with the believers, you continue to be consistent, and you continue to be vulnerable, and you let it roll. It's not complex. It's not this amazing theory. It's what Christians have been doing for thousands of years. And so this is what I'm encouraging us to do. And I do want you to expect it to be stressful. And I want you to expect it to be stressful just a little bit for this one reason. Because you think you already know what the faith is supposed to look like. Your private prayer closet and a big enough service to hide in are far easier to, in, to fit into your life. But I'm telling you right now, those spaces will not produce the divine encounter with the wholeness of God in Christ the way that this practice will. It's simple. So I don't have a lot of jokes today. I don't have anything complex or beautiful. Uh, as far as the sermon goes, I have a very simple message. This is what's going to lead you to rest that will last. All the other things you're looking forward to, if we just get that thing, that thing will not do it. And if you don't believe me, look back to every other thing you promised yourself. If we just go to that new church, if we just, whatever it is, Look back to all those things. Did they ever bring you what you hoped it would? And the answer is no. There is a promise in the scriptures of how the Spirit of God will meet us when we are meeting with each other. And again, doing this under Christ, which means doing this under Christ in a way that we believe that God is going to protect us as we come to this place honestly. 
I'm not going to protect myself from you. I'm not going to hide from you. I'm not going to be your pastor in these moments. Again, I'm saying that, speaking for you. And whenever, even whenever I enter into these groups, I'm not entering in as a pastor. I'm entering in as a brother in Christ. In these spaces, the Spirit of God will do things that we cannot do. This is what it means to walk in faith, to trust that in this situation that you believe is not going to be safe. It's not going to take care of you. That we trust God anyway. Amen. The worst team wants to come on up. And so I challenge you guys this week. It's simple, it's straightforward. I don't want to be confused, right? Find believers, find even one other believer, and that's good enough. Be consistent and be vulnerable, and then continue the cycle, right? I don't want you to get it too big. I don't want you to think about life groups or small groups. I don't want you to think about getting four or five families together. I don't want you to worry about cleaning a house or finding ways to entertain kids or having to prepare all the dishes. Keep it simple and straightforward.